Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. Uh, we have a studio full of people, including uh, the gun-toting mama of Capitol Hill in Jeff City. Uh, Cherie, good morning. Cherie good Wright. morning, Gary. Thank you for having me on. Always glad to have you with us. And then uh, Jared is with us uh, from Potterhorn Guns and Archery. Jared, good morning. Good morning, sir. How are you doing today? I, too, am well. Uh, l listen, uh, on Monday, July 17th, Lance Logan uh, went into uh, Carolyn Williams' house in Hartford, Connecticut. She was on the telephone with a 911 operator and saying that, uh, in quote, he hit me again. Stop it. Stop it. What happened? Well, we'll tell you a little later on uh, when Carrie Sloan is on the program. Uh, Carrie is uh, with uh, uh, Dr. John Lott's uh, uh, nonprofit. Uh, crimeresearch.org. That'll be at 9.35. We'll give you the details of what happened there. Um, let me uh, let me uh, see here. I, there are several stories that I want to get to, including a story about ghost guns and the administration. Uh, but uh, before I get too far along, <laughs> I didn't introduce Jordan, who's always with us. I was, I was about to check out. It was great. I was like, I'm going to go enjoy my Saturday morning. I see. <laughs> That's why I didn't introduce you. You always check out so soon. That's a fact. That's a fact. Uh, there is uh, an article that I was looking at that uh, well, kind of got my attention. It's f uh, five guns that only belong in movies. I have never seen one gun that only belongs in movies. Uh, but I thought I'd kind of get your, uh, your, your uh, feedback on this. Uh, the Lar Grizzly 45 Winchester Magnum, the Win Mag. Uh, the article says, take your classic uh, 1911 single-action auto pistol accompanying 45 ACP cartridge, then hop them both up on steroids and uh, your end result will be the Lar Grizzly 45 Win Mag. The gun and cartridge date back to 1983 and 1977, respectively. The author goes on to say the 45 Win Mag cartridge takes your 45 cartridge uh, case, lengthens it, um, then marries it with your standard 45 230 grain hardball round, uh, kicking up the muscle vo muzzle velocity to 600 feet per second. And boosting the energy up to 1,200 foot-pounds. Um, you know, everything the author said that scares him about this gun uh, makes me want it even more. <laughs> <laughs> Am I alone on this? No, that's how it works. And why, what is this written rule that these are the only ones Hollywood uses? No, these are the ones that only Hollywood should use. Mm. They're just so damn scary. Oh, gosh. <laughs> The Desert Eagle 357 Magnum, uh, 41 Magnum, 44 Magnum, 50 Action Express. Uh, Jordan, have you fired uh, any of these Desert Eagle? I have fired all of them, yes, sir. They are. Uh, <coughs> they're why? awesome, but they're heavy. Why? I've never seen know. you in any movie. That's true. That's <laughs> true. I apologize. But uh, it was a long time ago. It was before politicians existed. This was, We're talking in the 90s here. Remember those days? <laughs> oh, those dangerous 90s. That's right. Ooh, those bad politicians. <laughs> we, had, uh, we had lethal weapon movies, and uh, everybody was having good times. Well, it's interesting you say that because uh, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, in Commando back in 1985 uh, and Red Heat in 88, two examples uh, where they used these firearms. But it's too powerful, Jordan. <laughs> it's really not. 
It's really no different, and it's low capacity, and it's super heavy. And they're fun to shoot, but they're seven- and eight-round capacities, and we, we shoot those, except for the 50. We shoot those just about uh, all those other cartridges and other things. Crazy. Well, here's another gun you, you should never have, the Taurus Raging Bull 454 Casol. Have you had that? Have you fired that? <laughs> I have. I remember the first time I sold one to this uh, little old 83-year-old lady. She went, took it, she shot it, and I, I was like, man, this is going to be really powerful. She brought it back about a week later with one bullet missing, and she's like, I'd like to sell that back, please. And, uh, <laughs> I was like, no problem. And then, uh, of course, I took it out and shot it, and it, 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 it packs a wallet, but it, it really doesn't shoot much different than like a 2-inch forty four. Uh, it's uh, but it is quite around. It is quite around. Yeah, works, works great on the bears, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah. Jared, do you have any of those firearms in stock over at Powderhorn? Uh, we got a four sixty in stock, which is uh, a little bit uh, larger caliber than the four fifty four. We do have some three fifty sevens in mags in stock. Uh, we do have a couple forty four mags too, <laughs> and they're great for hunting. Great um, rounds for hunting. Unless you're uh, filming a, an action adventure movie, um, do not stop by Powderhorn Guns and Archery and buy <laughs> any of these powerful firearms because, well, the author of this column is in the know. Uh, 44 Auto Mag. Harry Sanford's invention predated the Desert Eagle in the realm of semi-automatic Magnum caliber pistols for 13 years. Made famous by uh, Mac Bolin. Uh, the Executioner Action Adventure Novel Series in 1983. Uh, Dirty Harry film Sudden Impact uh, also had it. Uh, the gun was a commercial failure thanks to production costs and marketing mismanagement, not to mention the fact that it used non-mainstream 44 AMP cartridge as opposed to the standard 44 mag round. Thankfully, the gun is now, um, well... In more than movies, uh, it is it is somehow making a comeback. Have you guys heard of this? That's the it's the first time I've heard of that one. No, I, I've not he held or heard of that. Yeah, I haven't either. I haven't had uh, too many people asking about it lately. But no? I do like the Harry, uh, uh, the uh, Clint Eastwood movies, Dirty Harry. Who doesn't like Clint Eastwood? I know, love him. Oh, absolutely! What great movies! I mean, all the way back to uh, uh, when he was. Uh, Rowdy Yates. Who remembers that? I do. No. There's They're too young. <laughs> Negative. Gary, there's, you and I do. There's a lot of silence in the room here. <laughs> Negative. I didn't want to make any comments yet. We'll yeah, save that Jordan, for the next hour. <laughs> Jordan always makes fun of my age, and, uh, and now I've given him the ammunition. I congratulate you on your age. <laughs> Anybody with making as many enemies as I have and survived this long should be. Uh, 475... Uh, wildly, uh, wildy Magnum. I never even heard of this. <laughs> I've heard of it. I've never seen it. I've never seen it. Another uh, 1980s action film. Uh, the movie uh, in question was 1985's Death Wish 3 with Charles Chuck Bronson. Uh, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yep. The real-life cartridge and, and uh, gun go back to 1977 and 84, respectively. They're named for the inventor of... Uh, which is uh, wildly more, uh, bearing a token cosmetic resemblance to the auto mag. The pistol is a gas-operated semi-automatic pistol that uses either Wildcat cartridges based on the 284 Winchester rifle round, neck down to accept handgun bullets or factory hunting rounds. Uh, it is uh, the same uh, the same velocity at 100 yards as the 44 Magnum generates at the muzzle. 
Wow. That's a, that's a lot. I'm drooling. That must uh, be a longer barrel, too. I could be broken to Ten Commandments if these things are offered over at Powderhorn. And some of them... For all your 100-yard uh, pistol shooting we do? Yeah, yeah. In case I want to take down a bear in the middle of Columbia, this would be perfect. Uh, but uh, some, of these, some of these firearms are available at Powderhorn, uh, as uh, Jared explained. So you just might want to stop by there today. In the meantime, the uh, Biden administration is holding back funding for schools that do something the Biden administration doesn't like. We'll explain all that next on Gary on Guns. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us on Gary on Guns. If you want to send a message, go to GaryNolan.com. You can send a message there. It will pop up here in studio. No cookies on the website. Uh, we don't keep track of anything, but your message can come in. We don't even have ads on the website. I think I'm missing the boat here. Uh, in the meantime, uh, you can also call us toll-free at 800-529-5572. Uh, Jared and Jordan are in from Powderhorn Guns and Archery, and uh, Cherie Tolson-Rice on board with us this morning as Good well. Point. My favorite state legislator for at least a few <laughs> more months. A uh, year and a half, thank you. <laughs> Don't kick me out too soon. Well, that's just a few more months. 18 months and, <laughs> 18 months and you're out of here, baby. You're I gone. I know, right? Totally. Uh, the Biden administration is blocking key federal funding that is earmarked under the Elementary and Secondary Education Act of 1965 for schools with hunting and archery programs. According to uh, federal guidance, according to Fox News, uh, federal guidance circulated among hunting education groups. Um, the uh, Department of Education determined that under the Bipartisan Safer Communities Act that was passed last year, school hunting and archery classes are precluded from receiving federal funding. Uh, the interpretation apparently could impact uh, millions of American children enrolled in those programs. Uh, where I went to school in Cleveland, Ohio, uh, they didn't have this. But I would have taken that class. Um, what do you suppose the the beef is with archery and hunting? It has a per, they still classify it as a projectile, and when you get into this uh, lawyer talk of most of these laws and stuff, it starts to define things down to projectile. Same reason uh, when we have an archery shop and we have one in Warrensburg that was just just archery, uh, we we can't advertise even on Facebook because it's a it's a projectile, and so they still consider it a a dangerous and deadly weapon, and, and it is, but it's still silly. <laughs> Well, so's my car. That's, that's especially with you driving. Sure, yes, sir. <laughs> Gary, would you believe we recently passed that archery is the Missouri state sport? And I know of some uh, schools that have shooting uh, teams here in the, I, around the country. Well, first on the, uh, uh, I think it should have been um, the, the the state sport should be spending money in Jeff City, but. <laughs> that's a whole different. That's a whole different avenue. Uh, you know, it's it's it, this kind of hits Powderhorn guns and archery uh, 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 on both sides of the uh, uh, of the fence here. But teaching kids to hunt is a great idea. I mean, if 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 God forbid we have a, a power grid failure and you have to go out and get your own food. Learning the rules, the safety, and and all of that—it's essential. Yeah, I've never heard of a 
of a uh, school program that does that. Now, there's plenty that do uh, shooting sports, and that's usually your um, uh, sporting clays, stuff like that. We have those mm-hmm. in Columbia. I know um, some of the Columbia Public Schools does the archery yeah, classes. Uh, archery is 100%. Yeah, archery. We have 100%. a lot of kids that come in and do that, and it's awesome. I mean, the, usually a chaperone will come in and bring three or four kids, and we'll help get their bows set up, and the chaperones really help, and the kids love it. I mean, the kids absolutely love it, but... Uh, yeah, that's uh it it teaches them responsibility, you know. Just like any sport. You can't take back what you what you send down range. And that's the big thing in this world that that needs to be taught. You know, once you pull that trigger, whatever's coming out of the end of that barrel, it ain't coming back. You can't stop that. It it's done. So, I think it needs to be in every school. I don't disagree. <laughs> uh Tommy Floyd is the uh, president of the National Archery uh, in schools program, he was talking to Fox News Digital. He said it's a negative for children. As a former educator of 30 plus years, I was always trying to find a way to engage students. Uh, he said that in many communities, it's a shooting sport. And the skills from shooting sports that help young people grow to be responsible adults. They benefit from the relationships with the role models. Um, I, I think it's ridiculous. I can't think of a good, solid, logical reason for the administration to do this. You would think they would want to encourage it because they, they, they teach safety. <laughs> it's one of those few sports that is non-aggressive and non-violent. I mean, you look at all the other ones that we love in our footballs and things like that, and it's, it's one of those sports like golf and some of the others that are just, man, they're super non they're, they're competitive, but they're not aggressive towards each other. It's a, it's a great sport, but... It is our liberals in action. I, you know, yep. I'm willing to bet there are more kids that get hurt playing football in high school than taking these classes. I would like to say guaranteed, of course. I'd like to look at the numbers. But 100%, uh, very few injuries from pulling back a 20-pound bow and shooting it at 10 yards into a big hay bale. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, Gary, if the federal's going to cut the funds, funding or money for this, maybe the states need to pick it up. No. <laughs> no, that's that's where we all get together in this community. Yeah, uh, all of the uh, people that that uh, provide firearms and and uh, archery equipment and all the rest of that, and the organizations that represent them, and we fund it. That's how it should be done. And does that mean that the federal government then would just withhold whatever we're funding it for, just to be jerks about it? Well, the the, the federal government wouldn't. Right the federal government is already withholding the funds. I got you. So, but, but we donate willingly. Luckily, we don't. In Missouri, the conservation department is the biggest funder of uh, archery in the schools program. They they give out grants and they'll buy all the equipment for the schools, um, and then we maintain a lot of it for free. We we don't charge um, we don't charge any labor, and most of the time we do not charge. Uh, uh, for the little cheap parts that we we fix bows for the middle schools here all the time, but uh, I don't know of too much funding uh, federal funding that we use for that. We we have a pretty good state program for that, and uh, that, that's supplemented by the conservation department. Also, Gary, uh, I was at a friends of the NRA banquet last night, and they I saw a they support. Of you there. Oh, thanks. Uh, had my good buddy that you have on here, uh, Chuck Basie, and we had a great time. But uh, they they help uh, fund shooting sports and hunting uh, for youth. Uh, we had some FFA kids there, and so th- this is a good way to to use private funds, also. Uh, Mike says, I used to take my 22 to school for marksmanship practice. 
We didn't shoot each other. Guns haven't changed that much over the last few years. Uh, people sure have. Well, you know, in New York City, uh, kids would be carrying their rifles on the subway going to school so that they could, you know, do their NRA uh, uh, shooting classes and all that stuff. Uh, and it wasn't a problem. Now, of course, uh, people would be screaming and running out in, uh, out in the streets and jumping off the, uh, the car. Uh, in the meantime, let me go to the phones. Rob is on. Good morning, Rob. Hey, good morning, Gary. Well, I know I'm preaching to the choir, but I was one of those guys, too, back in the mid-'70s that uh, in Jeff City, there was a scouting program. We would take our twenty-two rifles to school, and I, of course, left them in the car during the day. But then it, in the evening, we would go to the parking lot and get them out of the car in a gun case and carry them over to Lincoln University to the range over there that the ROTC had and, you know, do marksmanship training. Uh, as part of the scouting program. So things have changed a lot. Now we're in the place where I had to remove my pistol brace from my single shot encore mm. that I used to use to deer hunt with in the late um, alternative method season. Or if I didn't remove it, I would become a felon. So I just want everybody to realize where all this is headed. And if we don't stand up to this soon, it's just going to be one thing after another. You know, before long, you'll be in a felon for having your AR or whatever. So the communists are in control, and we have got to do something about this. And that's my comment. Well, I, I think you. you make a, a valid comment, Rob. Thank you for the call. Uh, what they're doing, I think, is trying to whittle away any way they can uh, the likelihood that somebody will uh, enjoy target practice, uh, learn to hunt, carry a gun, have a gun, uh, if they can't outlaw the gun directly, they'll try to reduce the uh, amount of, uh, uh, of opportunity that you might have to get engaged with a firearm. Uh, and, and that's, I think, uh, really unfortunate. Listen, uh, coming up about one half hour from now, uh, we're going to have show and tell. And I want to tell you, we've got a lot to show and tell. Some really neat firearms from Potterhorn Guns and Archery. We'll uh, do a, a, a quick break here in a few minutes. And then uh, President Biden wants the Supreme Court to revive regulation on ghost guns. Uh, we'll see how, how well that, that happens uh, or if that happens. Uh, but, you know, I don't know of any regulation when the Second Amendment was enacted that would have prevented somebody from making their own gun. Uh, anybody in the room disagree? <laughs> Do not. Do not. No. Nope. No. So the founding fathers weren't afraid of it. Uh, only, only the Biden administration and the anti-gun people are afraid of it. We'll give you the details on that coming up on Gary on Guns. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. It is uh, Gary on Guns, and I am pleased to tell you that Jared and Jordan from Potterhorn Guns and Archery are in the studio, along with my favorite representative uh, in uh, Jeff City, uh, Cherie Tolson Reich. On Monday, July 17th, Carolyn Williams, it was in her Hartford, Connecticut home. She's on the telephone with a 911 operator because her boyfriend had broken into the house. Uh, he hit me again. Stop it. Stop it. He has a weapon, she told the 911 operator. What happened? Well, we'll give you the details a little later on when Carrie Sloan comes on. She is with CrimeResearch.org. Uh, that is uh, Dr. John Lott's uh, website. 
In the meantime, President Biden's Justice Department is asking the Supreme Court to resurrect a regulation on ghost guns that uh, the federal, uh, the feds say is necessary since the weapons have been used in a, quote, in an explosion of crimes nationwide. Um, Lower court said uh, you can't do this. They vacated uh, this decision from the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. Uh, And and by the way, there's something that the left use a lot. When it's convenient, they use percentage. When it's inconvenient, they use actual numbers. So, for instance, when you read the Biden administration says the regulation is necessary because police saw 1,000% increase, you got to know what the real numbers are. You know, a 100% increase, if you've had one, is two. (laughs) Uh, They do that with taxes all the time, Cherie. If if you you, uh, cut taxes for wealthy people, they'll give you the dollar amount that they save. They save thousands of dollars. But if you increase, well, we're only increasing it by 1%. Um, and, and that's what they're doing here, I think. Although I'm sure that there is, with advanced uh, uh, printing and, and uh, technology, uh, a great opportunity to, to make your own firearm. But I, 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 I don't see how you can simply redefine something, uh, Jared, like what a firearm is. That's a great question. You know, I, I personally have not met or seen anybody that's making their own fire gun or printing their own fire gun. Not saying it ain't happening, but I haven't personally heard or met anybody. Yeah, but the, the real problem, Jordan, is they're just simply taking a word and redefining it. That when, when you can't get something done through the political process, it is the only way for an administration to change anything is through the administrative branches by changing rules and definitions. It's been done in pretty much everything. Uh, it, it's the way has become the way. I don't know. You know. We can argue about who did it first, but uh, that, that is 100% the only way that they can get things done. And then you just wait for it to go through the courts, and then it gets through the courts, and then you just change what you need to change, and you do it again. I mean, it's, it's sad, but that is exactly what happens all the time. It's, it's, it's so ridiculous that they just re- take a and, word and redefine it. And, and I'm, uh, I'm going to go a little bit further on this one, just for a second, just for a second, because um, we're opening a new location on the south side of town. And something, some part of doing that um, with our family pawn store, some part of doing that was having to get another credit card machine, got to sign all the documents. And for the first time ever, I had to sign an ATF letter to the credit card company. What? They talked about, hey, you won't sell, um, you won't sell, uh, frames and receivers as opposed to ATF rule one through blah, 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 whatever the, the rule numbers is. It, it, define exactly what you're talking about. Um, we had to sign a letter promising that we would not do any of that and we wouldn't take any credit card payments. Of course, they don't care about cash. They only care about we won't use their system to do anything that would be in violation of the ATF. And when I called the company on it, they said, yeah, they require that for everybody if, if you're going to do business with them. So, of course, we're looking for a new credit card processor. Um, I had to do what I had to do to get the, the store open, but uh, yeah, that was a, that was a new one. Going back to that exact rule, um, they're making us sign stuff um, with the credit card company. The credit card company is making us sign stuff to say that we're not going to do it and we're going to follow these rules. Is this the same credit card it's, company that you use <laughs> at Powderhorn Guns and Archery? Uh, let's see. It was. Well, yeah, it is right now, but we are definitely uh, we're definitely going to change it. I think I say that, but I got to start calling the other ones, and they might all be the. You know, you might run into the exact same thing because there's only so many credit card true processors. It's kind of like home loans. You know, you got a lot of people that write the loan, 
but always ends up with the same person in the end. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So it's one of those that you might be darned if you do, darned if you don't in the end. But, uh, yeah, that, that's the first time. And I asked the guys, like, would well, you want me to sign all the other laws? Like, we won't kill people and we won't take children out of their homes or anything like that. <laughs> and they said, no, no, just the just the one rule with the ATF. Promise you won't break the law. I was like, this is... <laughs> But you wouldn't be breaking the law if you sold um, one of those kits for an AR that, you know, you had to yeah. finish milling the receipt. Well, it depends. So what the, it, it's all there in their eyes of, well, did I sell it with the intent because I knew this guy wasn't going to pass? So I'm like, hey, buddy, instead, let me sell you this thing that you have to go mill out. And at the same time, let me sell you all the parts to finish it. Because now the ATF is saying, well, then you sold him a gun. So you got to fill out a form. That is where they're trying to do and. You got to blame the bad dealers that did this and got caught. That when they came, when a person came to him and said, "Yeah, I can't get a gun. I won't be able to pass a background check." And you had dealers out there that went, huh, "Here's what you do, buddy. You buy this and this. I'll sell it all to you right now. Go home, put it together, you got yourself a gun. You don't have to fill out any forms." And uh, it just started down this path, and now that's that's where we're at with with the ghost guns and the and the eighty percenters and all that. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, while I've got Cherie uh, on the microphone. Uh, have you heard any rumblings about any other uh, any legislation that might be introduced or any Democrats talking about yeah, in the next session we're going to do this or that? Well, yes, um, we had tried to pass this year to be allowed to carry concealed on public transportation and it passed in the House, but not in the Senate. Um, and we're always, you know, wanting to be on the lookout for red flag laws. The Democrats, you know, want to do all kinds of gun control and put in red flag laws. But, you know, as long as the uh, conservatives hold the supermajority, we, we can fight them back, but it's getting enough people on board. Uh, you know, like uh, Jordan talked earlier about the braces. You know, we enacted the Second Amendment Preservation Act, and whether we continue down that path with braces or other things, you know, tell the feds um, stay out of our state and and let us set our own state laws. The state rights should. Um, a, a question that uh, came in from GaryNolan.com from Michael, um, frequent commenter. He asks, "Is it better to use cash?" When you buy firearms, uh, Jared, what do you think? It, it is a credit card company going to really know what you're purchasing? No, they just know that you purchased something from a gun store. They're not. They're, they, they, we don't give them any information on what you purchased besides you paid for something. So, it, yes, no, no, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Although, Gary, I want to add, um, you're saving the retailers money because those credit card machine fees they, add yeah. up. And uh, I've seen, I mean, I pay cash with a lot of stuff because I don't need my local bank or credit card company seeing if I drive through McDonald's or go to a grocery store or whatever it is I'm buying. Uh, I think cash works and you're saving all those fees and it just dwindles the you know, money as yeah. as you keep using card after card after card. Usually, we're in the sixty to seventy thousand dollars a year worth of credit card fees we pay mm-hmm. just to, to accept them. And it's fine, it's fine. But uh, yeah, and of course, we'd always say economic, right? Use cash. If you don't have cash, don't buy it, right? Well, that's not the American way, but it sounds really good to say it. Interestingly, uh, Walmart and some of the other very large retailers are trying to um, reduce those fees that you pay. And the argument is if those fees come down, they'll get passed on to the consumer. But we know from people using their ATM cards 
when when they uh, restricted um, the fee on those that it doesn't get passed on to the consumer. Right now, you can get points and you can get airline tickets and all kinds of things when you use your credit card. What will happen is those will disappear. The prices will remain the same. And uh, and the fee will uh, will be restricted by the government. Let the marketplace handle this. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a convenience for the store. Uh, you get to make a sale that uh, you might not be able to make if somebody didn't have the cash on hand. Uh, and who wants to walk around with seven hundred dollars in their pocket, thousand dollars in their pocket? <laughs> Nobody with, with well, my wife doesn't allow me to do that. Yeah, she <laughs> gives me twenty dollars per week, and if I save for a long time, I can have a little bit in there. So, yeah, but you, you need to buy the gun before you walk around with that kind of money. Yeah, I will yeah. say that we, right, we are a sporting goods retailers, what we come up as on the credit, with a credit card company. So the same as D-Sport. Gosh, that, I don't know if that exists anymore. But uh, same as that kind of stuff. We are just a sporting goods retailer is, uh, is the mark. You know, I think there's, I don't remember, 20 different marks of what you are, gas, uh, gas, food, retail. And we come up as a sporting goods retailer. You brought in some really neat firearms in the studio today, and we're going to get to them in a little while. Uh, it's show and tell. Uh, but coming up next, the Wall Street Journal, the first smart gun is finally coming to market. Will anyone buy it? Uh, we'll see. We'll tell you about it next on Gary on Guns. Hey, welcome to Gary on Guns. Uh, Jared and Jordan, JJ, <laughs> on board. Uh, that is from Powderhorn Guns and Archery. Uh, by the way, w when does this new facility open, or is it already open? <laughs> we're still we're still working on it. You can imagine the uh, the nightmare of getting everything uh, past um, certain uh, permitting procedures and everything. Yeah, I'm just curious, very curious about this. Yeah. Uh, so, in order for you to do what you're doing, do you need to uh, get some kind of permission from BATF? E no, not no, no, no not no. that I don't already have. Yeah, not not from the ATF, not not from the federals. Right, so, so what the whatever federal licensing you have at Potter and Guns and Archery yep. is applicable at the new location. That is that is correct. Otherwise, you'd have to go to them. That is correct. So now, that you, would be one. Your biggest holdup uh, if you're doing a firearms range is with the uh, geez, IRS came to my head. That's not right. The EPA, the Environmental Protection, because you, so you you have so you had to deal with. If you had started this fresh, you'd have had to do the BATF. That's right. But you did have to do the EPA. Yeah, you, you deal with all the regulations, lead. right? Yeah, you yeah. can't and, and other things. I mean, and in the state, did you have to deal with the state? Not yet. All the city and county regulations. Yeah. But, but and you will have permits. to. Oh yeah, everything from erosion control to so I mean, just any of that's big. Like every builder has to deal with. You just have to be more careful. I, I really the EPA stuff, the the hazardous chemicals and how to deal with it and make sure you got a place. And there are companies that help us, but uh, to make sure you got a place to go with all the stuff and that all the air that exits the facility is clean and all the clothes that exit the facility are clean. Clean it's, out the filtration system. It's a lot. Systems. It's a lot. But, but what, the, the point that I'm trying to make, which has less to do with firearms than it does with regulations, <laughs> is that if you want to start a new business, yeah, uh, you've got to get, uh, I'm sure you have to have an attorney helping you with some of this stuff. Uh, you've got to pay for all these permits. Uh, you've got to have inspections. Uh, it, it's very, very difficult today to start a business. It, it is, and especially if you especially have to have law and or uh, uh, legal uh, help. If especially if you don't have a cool head and you can't deal with it, but uh, it is a process. Even small, 
even small stuff, even when we're opening the store on the south side of town, it took multiple visits with some inspections and explaining to the inspectors who have a lot of power, but trying to have a, a reasonable conversation with them to inform them that they are wrong about what they're talking about and asking for, you know, where, where's that written? And I had one response that, can you show me that where we're in violation on that so I can get that fixed to make sure I read it so I know exactly what I'm fixing. And uh, no, we just, we know that's, you can't do that. I was like, <laughs> no, no, that's not. I was like, no, I, I want to make sure I'm right. So go ahead and just get me the, the city ordinance number or the uh, violation of the building code, whatever. And uh, ne- never could get produced. Now, we kept it calm. We kept it civil the entire time. So when they did realize that that wasn't actually written, uh, they were very respectful about it. They're like, hey, well, we, were, we were mistaken on that. So we got that corrected and we moved forward. So, But if you can't keep a cool head, which let me tell you is hard sometimes. Uh, <laughs> but when you can keep a cool head, you, you, that's when it's really nice to have a legal representation that can... It doesn't have as much invested in it and can calmly talk to people about things. How many times after an encounter with a bureaucrat, uh, <laughs> when they left the room or the building, did you pound the table? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> let, me, let me tell you, over the last year or two. But, of course, you know, that's with the law enforcement background and everything else, I've gotten used to dealing with those kind of situations. Um, so it's just, another, it's just another thing that happens, and you just, you just have to go through it. It's hard to accept, uh, but it's just another thing that happens, and you have to deal with it. But it is hard. It is hard, and it is super expensive. And if you don't, sometimes, sometimes it's super expensive for such a, a little thing sometimes comes up. And if you don't have, if you don't have a hundred grand in cash sitting there that you can pay to have something done, it, you're, you're done. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing what it takes, whether it be a fire control system. We, we've gone through that before for fire, fire suppression and or fire alarms. And you can't have a fire alarm. I'm not required to. That's right. But you can't have one. So I can't put an optional one in? No, if I put an optional one in, you have to follow all of our current standards. Well, I mean, well, hold just, on, hold on. <laughs> I can't afford thirty grand, but I can afford ten to try to protect the building from a fire. No, you can't do that unless you follow our standards. Okay, it's insane. <laughs> it's crazy. That's why it's so difficult to be uh, an entrepreneur today. It really is. You've got to jump through all those hoops, pay all those fees, get all those uh, inspections and regulations, and yeah. uh, it, it's no wonder uh, that that uh, more people fail uh, when they go into business and you can Uh, make it work but man you really if you haven't done it before talk to somebody that has get to know people call people like me call people like a thousand other business guys out there that have done it before and the other business guys like me should should be willing to talk to these small guys it's not all just straight competition it's one of those things we need to help other people get through this because it is once you know it becomes easier but man you don't know half the stuff till you get there because it's not it's so unreasonable to the common man that you don't even think about it. You hear it for the first time when an inspector tells you something, you go, what? what? And it, it just, it's, it's that way. Oh, uh, the frustration of it all. <laughs> Definitely need more small businesses in this world. Yeah, well, that small businesses uh, drive the economy. They generate more jobs than the big corporations. Just as an aside, I thought I'd throw that out there. Listen, Wall Street Journal has written a piece uh, on the first smart gun. Finally coming to market, a company up in Colorado called BioFire has a 9mm smart gun, uh, and it can only be fired if it recognizes an authorized user with a fingerprint reader uh, on uh, the grip or a facial recognition camera on the back. Let me go around the table here, because I... I got a feeling I know the answers here, but I'll start with Jared. 
Uh, Jared, would you buy one? Would you have one of these? Absolutely not, because it'd be the first time it'd be like, hold on, Mr. Robber. I need to make sure my finger's not, not got a glove on it or something so I can, I can protect myself. Absolutely not. <laughs> Jordan, you'd buy one, wouldn't you? Uh, I'll buy seven, sir. Maybe one of them <laughs> would then work when I need it. <laughs> no, no, I, I don't think. So. No, I would not. I got a, an iPhone, and it uses facial recognition, and I've got an iPad that uses a thumbprint. And I've had them both fail me, and it's, it's no big deal. If, you know, I can do it again, or I can enter the password, um, and, and I can gain access to the phone. But I can't think of a phone call or a use for the iPad as, as uh, demanding with regard to time as a firearm. If it doesn't take my thumbprint or uh, the camera doesn't have enough light, it doesn't see my face, by the time I get that worked out, it's I'm a late. victim. <laughs> it's too late. I, I could see potential customers, just not people like us. You know, you're going to weigh your situation. What do you think is more dangerous? And if you're worried about, let's say, okay, your kid's getting it. So it won't work if, you're, if some two-year-old picks it up because that's the way you, you live. That's the way your house is. That's the way your firearms are kept. Okay, you so you might sell some to some people like that, but for most of us that have taught our kids, well, now our kids are all grown up. Um, any of that kind of stuff? No, I, it doesn't. It doesn't serve any need. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna chastise it. It just doesn't serve any need for most of us. What? What? What hole in your life do you have that that needs? Well, I. I don't. I don't. Um uh, my argument isn't uh, need. I, you know, I think there are some people who feel would might feel more secure if they had a gun that couldn't be used by the bad guy. Yep. The problem is that whatever it is that stops the bad guy slows down the good guy. Thanks. Uh, exactly. And that, can, and that can be deadly. Show and tell, my favorite part of the program, coming up on Gary on Guns.